I V M. Here's your smart fact of the day. Guess whose Twitter handle is called Twitter Complaint Hotline Operator? Yeah, it's no other than this mad billionaire called Elon Musk. Elon Musk has earlier on had something called Chief Twit as his Twitter handle and many other bizarre ones. In fact, his you know profile picture is that of a small kid holding a telephone. One of the interesting tweets that he recently made was you know towards somebody protesting. his uh, new business model of charging 8 dollars per verified twitter account i think it was a politician who was saying it's laughable that a billionaire does it and elon musk says yes complaint noted now please pay up or something like that on that weird note in today's episode what we are going to try and do is deconstruct elon musk's new business model for twitter without making it political wish me luck and let's go With Mr Musk it is always tempting to make it political and the reason is because he's such a polarizing figure right he stands for free speech he's a billionaire he speaks his mind out he wants to get Donald Trump back onto Twitter and the rest of it and this provokes instant hatred or instant love amongst uh, either the tribe that supports him or the tribe that opposes him and it's a you know i've spoken about elon musk and all his shenanigans in the in the past or at least some of his shenanigans and i'm not somebody who is a fanboy of all of the stuff that he does but i'm also appreciative enough of the interesting work and the interesting decisions that he takes and um, i wanted to set this context up this is not a political debate this is not about elon musk's ideology on taking over twitter for 44 billion dollars and then charging 8 dollars per month for people who want a verified twitter account yeah so this serves as the context because earlier the core reason why people were being verified and got that blue tick against their name is to you know they were verified as somebody who were important enough or a celebrity or somebody who got a certain social standing or somebody whose work is appreciated by the twitter management and the rest of it and elon saying ah, forget all that all you need to do is just pay 8 dollars and you're on right and this has brought consternation obviously people like stephen king have said that okay you should be paying me instead because i'm making you famous and elon musk uh, replied to him saying hey somebody's got to pay the bills somehow and amidst all this hullabaloo i think we are forgetting a couple of reasons and i want to actually borrow from elon musk method of doing things which is one of the things that i do appreciate about him and i don't appreciate a lot of things but one of the things that i do appreciate about him is his ability to go down to first principles and in this case the first principle that we are going down to is actually maybe looking at the business model that twitter has and is it working for twitter and clearly twitter has been in losses for the longest possible time twitter has not really done justice for the kind of uh, you know hype that it has got and the kind of followers that are there and the kind of people that use it twitter has got fraction of the amount of money that it should be you know getting in terms of the the business model professor scott galloway had kind of called it really well he said that people who have more than say 20000 followers on twitter maybe should be paying twitter in a way that will keep twitter going that was one of the thoughts that he had and uh, elon musk seems to have put his own variation of it 
Now, I'm not sure about what Professor Galloway says, or I'm not sure about what Elon Musk says, but I'm just trying to look at it from an outsider's perspective and see the kind of complaints, for example, that Elon Musk had made when he was dithering on the Twitter deal. And all of them were based upon the number of bots and the number of fake accounts that were there, which kind of in his mind should have reduced the valuation for Twitter. But he had made a deal, he'd made an agreement. So he was forced by the US courts, uh, rightly in my opinion, to stand by the agreement. And uh, so he bought it and got a sink on the first day of work, voting uh, in as the CEO or uh, chief to it or, you know, hotline operator, whatever he wants to call himself with a big sink. Yeah. And we all know that. And he has some amazing meme worthy tweets and he's got a great sense of humor, which is another thing that I do like about him. Mind you, there are a lot of things that I don't like about him. But another thing that I do like about him, he makes me laugh. Now, coming to the thing, why was he doing this? Because he clearly is looking at Twitter being not just the digital, you know, town square of the world and the rest of it. It's That's a great soundbite, but I'm just looking at it from a business model perspective. I think he was certainly looking at it from a payments perspective, somewhere integrating maybe Bitcoin and cryptocurrency with Twitter and payments in some way in the future. So he needs to have the veracity of the accounts that are there. Right. So just keep that as a backdrop. That is one of the core things that he was he is focusing on. The second thing, the decision about eight dollars per month is something which is pretty interesting. And I want to look at it from a business model perspective. So if I look at the size that Twitter has, it is perhaps in size one third of what even lesser than what YouTube is. So YouTube, its size allows it to have a really good business model that is centered around advertising. Now, while Elon Musk has gone on and made all the right sound bites for advertisers to say, hey, we welcome your business and, and the rest of it, what he is essentially doing is going in for a freemium service instead of a completely free service, which is subsidized by advertising. Now, this is an interesting sort of take. It's a bold take and a take that I personally like from a business model perspective, not from an ideological perspective or from some, you know, not really like that. What I think is going to happen is that people who have a community or have followers are already benefiting from Twitter quite a bit, right? They have, they get consulting assignments. They get a lot of wonderful, um, you know, personal branding work. They get a lot of gigs perhaps. And it is maybe suitable for them to be on Twitter as much as it is for Twitter to have them. And what Elon is saying is just calling their bluff saying, hey, you want to be on this, just pay it dollars, make sure that you're verified. And it doesn't matter whether you have great standing in society or not. Somebody, a complete idiot could do that too. So he's changing the business model. And the reason why he's doing it is to discourage bots from actually getting the benefits that everybody is getting right now. He wants to reduce the benefits and keep it to the premium subscribers. And ensure that the free subscribers get a bit of a ride, but not the complete ride. So in a stroke, he is kind of reducing the number of bots that might be there. The second is he's also kind of uh, earning revenues for Twitter to keep the home fires burning. And the third thing is that he also is looking at kind of changing the business model equation. And I think that every business goes through various stages. And a lot of times, whenever any social media type business starts up, it is trying to get user growth. And when it's trying to get user growth, the underlying hidden assumption is that advertising will create profitability and revenue. In Twitter's case, it just refused to grow beyond a point. But the quality of users on Twitter, not all of them, but some of them were fantastic because they were celebrities, they were journalists, and they were 
you know, social movers and shakers. And this essentially meant, this essentially meant that they could be monetized. And I think that Elon Musk's gamble in this case works really well. Now, I want to take you back to his first principle. And I think he's actually using the same first principle that he used with Tesla right down to Twitter. Confused? Let me explain. At Tesla, what he did was that he created a really, really expensive car meant for the elite and got them to pay top dollar for the first Tesla car that came out. With the profits and the revenue generated by that particular car, he then subsidized the more standard version. Now, understand this is very counterintuitive because he did not start with the cheapest possible car, like maybe Ford had done 100 years before, you know, Model T, Black, only one version and the everybody's car. He did the exact opposite. What he did was that he created a premium segment. He ensured that there is a lot of hoop around that premium segment, got people who were the movers and shakers, the early adopters and innovators to buy into that, get them to appreciate it, and then created through the money plowed back in through the super success of this elite car, plowed that back into creating a budget car for Tesla or a kind of a budget car for Tesla. He's used the same principle. What he's doing is asking the premium users of Twitter to make the rest of Twitter sustainable, manageable, and profitable in a way, right? So I think this is a pretty interesting strategy. And if I have to divorce it from all the ideological viewpoints and all the sound bites coming out of everybody, including Elon Musk, and just look at it from a business perspective, there are some things that we can appreciate. One, the connect to payments. Two, the getting rid of bots, three, a business model that suits the size and shape of the current situation of the company, four, getting the premium segment to subsidize the rest of it, the freemium kind of business model. I hope you like this episode of Smarter with Said. I hope this is a slightly different perspective from all the stuff that you read on LinkedIn or on Twitter or any other social media platform. And if you like this episode, do like and subscribe to Smarter with Said. It will really support this podcast and just ensure that if you like who I am and what I stand for in life, I'm certainly not a chief twit, but I'm the traveling professor and I, you can find me on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And finally, if you like podcasts like these, you've got a lot of stuff on IBM that you'll find really, really tweet worthy on that happy note.